All right, our pleasure right now in Football at Four to dive into some college uh, sports conversation. Mitt Winter, good enough to join us. NIL attorney uh, joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line at Winter Sports Law, former William & Mary basketball player as well. Uh, Mitt, thanks for your time today. How are you doing? Doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. So, you know, you're, you're a basketball player at William & Mary doing your time there. Uh, obviously, go to law school. Did, did you ever think at that time in your life there would be such a need for a, a college sports law uh, attorney? Um, you know, I kind of had some inclination. I wanted to work in sports. When I went to law school, I didn't know if that would be college or professional. Um, but definitely since the time I got out of law school, the, the need for attorneys in college sports has grown a lot. And especially over the last, I don't know, three years with the advent of with NIL, but even, you know, before that, there's been a lot of litigation and conference realignment just going on in the college sports world. And it's all kind of coming to a head right now. Yeah, it is certainly coming to a head uh, as we speak. So I, I saw today you were uh, you had tweeted out about this uh, California law um, that is uh, going on right now that would would require collectives and others that disclose specific compensation amounts and athletes and team and gender uh, and names would not have to be disclosed. But uh, there is a bill out there. Um, do, do, as all the states do these things, do you think we'll ever get to the point where? it's just going to be one uniform NIL uh, set of rules, or do you think we are going to live in the world where all states are going to get to kind of make their own rules? Right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be a uniform set of rules. Um, The NCA and others have been trying to push for that with Congress uh, to get them to pass basically a federal NIL law that would preempt all of the state laws that are out there right now. Um, so far, they haven't been successful in doing that. And I think the main reason anytime in Congress where they consider a bill that you can you would call an NIL bill, there's always thing, other things that get it added into it um, because the issues that are facing college athletics right now um, go way beyond NIL into things like employment and antitrust exemptions and just what the, the model for college athletics is going to look like going forward. Um, if there was a bill that just, you know, specifically addressed NIL regulations and had nothing else in it, it might have a decent chance of, of having some movement at the federal government. Um, but because of all those other issues I just described, there there's really no uh, bipartisan agreement on, on what a federal bill is going to look like. So right now the states are the ones taking the lead on legislation. And a lot of that legislation is saying that universities in certain states can do things that are not necessarily allowed under NCAA NIL rules and guidelines, and also say that the NCAA can't punish schools and athletes for engaging in those activities. So they're they're really just charting their own course right now. Well, Mitt Winters with us, uh, sports attorney. Good enough to give some time here via the Ballyhoo's guest line. Scott Jackson, Joe Pryor, your own sports radio. 94.1 joins us via the Ballyhoo's uh, guest line. Uh, you know, there's always the question of where, you know, will the NCAA exist here in a few years with all these things going on? Because they keep getting destroyed in these lawsuits in court. They, they don't win in court, uh, but they keep trying uh, to go to court. Kind of, How do you see 
you know, where they are right now? And is, is there a way for them to salvage themselves as an entity, even though they keep getting, uh, you know, beaten in all these court cases? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility that in, I don't know, when five years, 10 years, that the NCAA doesn't exist or it exists, but it's much different um, than it is right now. Um, you, you kind of touched on one reason they're facing a lot of, of lawsuits where they potentially could have to pay multiple billions of dollars in damages to current and former athletes. Um, so number one, right there, you know, are they going to be able to afford um, those damages payments if they do lose those lawsuits and based on uh, past precedent, how they've fared in some, some of those lawsuits, um, it, most people think they will lose some of those lawsuits. One is the House case that a lot of people know about. Um, and then the Carter case is a new one. Um, they're antitrust cases similar to the O'Bannon case and, and the Alston case. Um, and then you just have the issue of really right now the NCAA can't enforce any of its rules around athlete compensation and player movement again, because of antitrust law, um, they lost a lawsuit. Well, they haven't, they haven't lost it yet, but a, a, mm-hmm. an injunction was entered in a case out in West Virginia that makes it so the NCAA can't enforce its transfer rules right now. And then you have a pending case in uh, Tennessee where Tennessee and Virginia have sued the NCAA to prohibit it from enforcing what, what are known as its NIL recruiting rules that say schools can't use NIL deals as inducements in recruiting. So it's very possible that the NCAA won't be able to enforce those rules, you know, here pretty soon if the court enters an injunction in that case. So, you know, right now the NCAA doesn't have much, much power to do anything. Um, In my opinion, if they want to stick around as an entity that's, that's governing college athletics, they're going to have to figure out a model that allows them to create enforceable rules. And I think the best way for them to do that is to collectively bargain with the athletes. But the issue there is uh, they would have to allow the, the athletes to be employees, which is a kind of a sticking point for them right now. Um, if, if the athletes are, are employees at that point, I mean, do we even go along with the charade that they have to go to class anymore or are they just like other employees? I mean, how, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people bring that point up, yeah. but there are actually lots of students at universities that are also employees of the university. So just because a college athlete might be an employee of the university or some other new separate entity that's an affiliate of the university that they're employed by, it doesn't mean that they also can't be a student. And if you're talking about where they're collectively bargaining the terms of their employment with the university or the other entity that employs them, all of that stuff would be, you know, subject to that, that bargaining. And presumably one of the most important things that the university or the entity that employs them would insist upon is that you have to be a student. 
Gotcha. All right, we're here with Mitt Winter, uh, uh, sports attorney, NIL uh, attorney as well with us here. Scott Jackson, show priority on Sports Radio 94.1, joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line. You know, it really hit me today when I was looking at this uh, five and uh, seven format that we're going to have for college football. And I've thought about it for a while. And, you know, there's, there's always the question, uh, you know, from the NFL side of it is if some of these players that are involved in it are going are gonna to stay, you know, active you know during the postseason you know some of them may opt out to get ready for their pro career and these kind of things but you know during all this discussion about it we've heard a lot about you know the tv money the conference money uh you know and why it's so great for for television and things but you know i don't think anybody's really asked is this really better for the actual players themselves to have this longer season suddenly i mean a, a season that could go from 12 to 16 if you're if you're having a good year if you're going all the way or to 15 uh you know if you do that I mean, this seems to me like one of these things, too, when you talk about collective bargaining, where, uh, you know, it would be nice to uh, see if there was a voice to players in this thing. And, you know, we're not going to have we're literally just going to jump into kind of an experiment here to see uh, how these players, you know, how their bodies handle this, because this is, again, a a, a significant jump in a lot of cases in terms of the size of the season we're going to be playing. Yeah, I was having this exact conversation earlier today with someone who was is a former college football player and. We were talking about, you know, how many additional games that would be. You know, it could be four additional games sure. on the end of a season if you make it to the championship game. And someone asked him, you know, would you want to play in those four extra games? He said, if I was paid, I would. <laughs> right. Um, which I think is one of the solutions that's been thrown around out there to, you know, end the bowl opt-outs or postseason opt-outs for the CFP. Um, but to your point, and this is a point that he also raised, um, is that they're, you know, in these discussions about the CFP and how many teams there's going to be and auto bids and all that stuff, you know, there's really no athlete representation in, in that decision-making process. And you kind of compared it to in the NFL, you know, they recently added an additional game to the season and they had to get the players union agreement to add that extra game for those exact reasons that you talked about, you know, additional wear and tear and, and chances for injury but they're getting paid more for that. Um, it remains to be seen. There's, there's going to be have to be some sort of um, new athlete compensation model for college athletics, at least at the highest levels um, for football and basketball, in my opinion. I think it's just a question of what that's going to look like and when it's going to happen. Uh, we're here with Mitt Winter, an AL attorney with us here, Scott Jackson, show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1, joins us via the Ballyhoo's guest line. Uh, here's what I wonder, too, is this is, again, very selfish on my part as a guy who went to a mid-major, went to Old Dominion, uh, you obviously went to William & Mary, so you, you know uh, the, the difference in uh, those schools versus, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, on, on one level, and then, of course, Georgia, Alabama, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, and so forth and so on. Uh, you know, is there going to be a separation at some point? Because it sure seems like we're headed that way because their NIL programs, their collectives, uh, you know, obviously their alumni, you know, they're, they're, they're give a damn about the sports <laughs> budget is much higher than these others, you know, in some of the other schools. There is a, there is a drop off and dropping point at some point from the mid and major level on down from some of these, from the big five. Uh, how, how do you kind of see that part of it uh, playing out? And will maybe we have to have separate leagues at some point? Yeah, I think something like that will probably happen in the future. Just a question of when again. Uh, I think it'll be a scenario where if you're a school, you're just going to have the option of deciding, all right, do we want to opt in to this you know, professionalized college athletics model where the athletes 
are probably going to be employees and we'll have to pay them salaries? Or do we want to try and operate under a different model where, you know, athletics might not be as emphasized as much as they are right now to try and avoid some of these legal issues that are out there right now? Um, You know, you, you touched on it. The resources are just so different now at the top, especially, I mean, even talking SEC and Big Ten, the resource gap between the ACC and the the Big 12 is growing every year there as well. Um, So I think schools are going to have to make some some tough decisions on, you know, what they want their athletics program to be about and what, what the goals of their athletics programs are going forward. Yeah, and you know the, the thing that's interesting is the NIL part of it. The name, image, likeness was was one issue, right? And that made sense. You know, if you're, they're putting your, you know, selling your jersey in the bookstore, you should get some money, right? I mean, of course, uh, yeah. or, or if you're help promoting. But as you know now, it, it's kind of muddied, right? Like there's players that get NIL money that aren't actually any part of promotion. It's just we want them to stay here because they're good for our team. You know what I mean? And they're not like doing commercials yeah. or anything extra, but they're just it's just more of a pay for play situation. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Money, most money that's being paid to college athletes from NIL collectives, um, and I represent a lot of NIL collectives. Yeah. The agreement, the agreements are written as NIL agreements, but the reason they're being paid is because they want them to play a certain sport for the school that collective is affiliated with. Yep. So it's basically a salary to play whatever sport that athlete plays. Right. Um, and ever, I don't think anyone. Um, is really hiding that anymore. I mean, you hear coaches now are, are begging <laughs> yeah. people to give money to the collectives because we need we need it for recruiting. We need to retain yeah. our players, and so I don't think anyone's hiding what the money is being paid to the athletes for now. So it's just kind of a question of is it going to stay with that model we have now, or you know when is it going to just turn into a a direct salary for athletic performance which it really is now but it's just not called that yeah yeah no doubt uh, well Mitt, appreciate uh we could probably do this for hours uh, at winter sports <laughs> law uh with us here um and again former William mary basketball player and uh, now getting it done uh in the legal world in the in a, again very busy i'm sure legal world right you're saying you're, you're dealing with collectives and everything. i mean this this thing has uh, blown up into such a thing and it's not going to get any smaller anytime soon uh, NIL attorney, sports law attorney. Uh, we, we appreciate your uh, insights and joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Uh, Mitt Winter via the Valley Who's guest line uh, here on the show. Interesting stuff there. I mean, again, we're, we're probably a few years away from you know Armageddon, James, but <laughs> sports college Armageddon. Armageddon's a good way to put it, actually. Uh, but we're getting closer. I think we're getting closer uh, each day with these, these mounting lawsuits and angles. And, and look, there is... There is a lot of uh, arguments to be made for why there should be, uh, you know, more payment and more transparency and all this stuff. Uh, but there's, but there's also like just, you know, there, there's a, a lot of haves and a have-not situation too, where it's not a, it's not the levelist of playing fields. Never was, but it's really un, uneven now to the point where maybe we should just break these things off into different, different levels of uh, college sports. It'd be fascinating to see how where it's going. All right. Coming up, um, get to a little bit more of this. And again, off today, the uh, college football playoff expansion is out there. 
um, as well. Uh, we'll get to some more football items from the National Football League. As uh, today, it just actually started. Ding, 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 ding. You can start tagging players. And I don't think it's going to happen soon, but you can. Uh, we'll talk about college basketball and the Hokies at 5 o'clock with Gene Wong, who was there last night as Virginia Tech dismantled the Cavaliers. Uh, Scott Jackson, Joe Party, Order of Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Thanks again to Mitt Winter at uh, Winter Law uh, for good enough to give us some time today talking uh, all things NIL world. Winter Sports Law, excuse me, at Winter uh, Sports Law. Good enough to join us again, former William Mary Hooper. Uh, now, I mean, imagine how busy you are uh, these days. I mean, the, as a NIL lawyer, I mean, think about that. Probably think very niche when you started a few years back. Like this is kind of a niche thing, and then suddenly, you know, you're 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 needed at all times. Remember those lists they used to put up, like most in demand jobs yeah. or most upcoming yeah. jobs. That's got to be right. right up there at this point. Yeah, it used to be cybersecurity. Now it's uh, NIL attorneys. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. 757-687-9494 text line Ballyhoo's phone line uh, Robin the 757 says I could tell you guys I will never watch another all-star basketball game I'd rather hang out with my in-laws and they are Cowboys fans wow wow that's that's rough says a lot he called us thistles do you think that was a voice text issue I <laughs> I hope so I can tell you thistles I'll never watch another all I was like <laughs> thistles what is that or is that just something we're not up on because I don't know I looked it up I'm worried about that I checked it out uh, and I don't think it's like slang for anything bad I just think he might have like had a voice text issue or a fat thumb is like Justin Fields although perhaps. does he say thistles a lot or does he type it a lot because that seems like a very interesting correction yeah, thistles coming up I don't know maybe he's a landscaper <laughs> in Scotland <laughs> He's a Scottish landscaper. Oh. Uh, he does uh, links courses on his free time. We are we are coming up on St. Patty's. I don't day. know. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by that, Rob. You gotta you gotta get back to me, buddy. Uh. The last time I remember even seeing that word was in the night before Christmas. <laughs> Reading it to my kids. Uh, I think it's in the Scottish uh, the Scottish crest. I feel like I saw that this summer when I was in uh, Scotland. But anyway. Thistles. Well, thistles. If it's if it's a thing and we don't know, we need to trademark the, yeah, the t-shirts yeah. immediately. Yeah, and I'm not going to trust like somebody like Pauly to call in and tell no, me. No, Pauly's already burned that. Yeah, yeah. He, he already failed when he said that people don't say hater anymore or whatever. He was trying to tell us, and he was trying to he was trying to enlighten us on Cap'n, and he was yeah, wrong. he was totally wrong on Cap'n. Yeah, he was totally wrong on that. But thanks, Pauly. But thanks anyway. But yeah, Rob, get back to me on that. I, I got a feeling that was a voice text situation. We get some of the most interesting voice texts. My other one is and when people say stuff like yeah i'm here now and then they'll send back oh sorry wrong chat you know i like, they'll tell me something you know? oh i get that all the time yeah, be too, here yeah. be there in five and i'm like whoa wait, wait, who's coming in the studio what's going on I'm like, <laughs> what did oh, we say uh, that makes you want right. to be here in five why are you coming here in five and is it uh <laughs> are you here to tell me how wonderful we are or do you uh, want to scream at me so anyway all right uh so th- like going back to um some of the stuff we're talking about mitt so what, I, what I'm interested to see is, you remember a few months back, maybe a month ago, they were talking about this whole idea of paying like whatever the fee would, the, whatever the salary would be, right, for right. certain sports. Right. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that come to mind. Number one, like what are revenue sports at your school? Like so every not every school is the same. Not all schools make the same money in basketball and football as the you know as as others. And certainly there are some places, believe it or not, like baseball does very well. Volleyball. Uh, volleyball. Women's basketball does better than men's basketball and, and things like that. So, you know, how would you differentiate the salaries in those places? You know, how, how do you do all that part of it? 
And again, can you really afford to pay everybody a flat fee, whatever that may be? Because again, not all players are created equal in terms of what they're actually bringing to the table. Um, and, and I'm glad he answered the thing because I just feel like the, the, this, us saying name, image, likeness now sounds just stupid because again, there are now there are some players that are you know, and, and a lot of them are in sports that we don't necessarily consume television wise, right? Like we were talking about this a few seasons ago where the top, you know, the, some of the top name, image, likeness folks were in swimming or in gymnastics. Yeah, there's track athletes. Track athletes do really well. Track athletes have always had this really fine. It's interesting with track athletes, right? So you can't get any money as a golfer, like as an amateur. You can't take a junior do your your longer amateur. But track athletes can get money and still keep their amateur status Mm -hmm, somehow, mm -hmm. which has always been weird to me. I don't really understand that part of it. Um but it is it is fascinating to see how you know you know there are there are athletes that you know they'll pitch Chipotle or whatever um, you know there's this uh, Olivia Dune who's been in a bunch of commercials that, that I think she's from LSU she's a she had like a million plus Instagram followers or whatever like no she's up to like five million and she's in some commercial campaign or something uh, but she's been doing this for a while and I, I think it was about two seasons ago when they really started bringing this up more in college basketball where, you know, who were the top, you know, we got to the final four, who were the top athletes in terms of uh, NIL, you know, marketing deals. And they were all on the women's side of basketball, mm-hmm. not, not the men. They were not, and it was, we've discussed over and over with men's college basketball right now. It's like, like, who's the face of it? Like where are the personalities? I mean, where, you know, where's the interest that, that just doesn't exist as it used to be. Meanwhile, on the women's side, you got, you know, this, Caitlin Clark every night is she's playing is a, is like the headline story and there's more to it than just Caitlin Clark too so I, I just think it's it's um it's good that we can kind of get away at some point saying hey we're paying them for for doing like spots for the local car dealership or whatever they're gonna they're gonna go down and sign basketballs or footballs the car no they're not they're, you're just paying them because you wanted to stay at your school because they're good for your team uh-huh. right? uh-huh. and that's okay and, and that's it you know but it's just like we're hiding behind this whole idea of like oh yeah they're you know they're selling like a thousand jerseys at the bookstore no they're not they're you're just they're the best player in your team and you wanted to stay here so that's why you're doing it and that's you know again the world we're in now that's that's fine but you know stop pretending it's it's there's more to it than that uh because you know there's not that's what they call them collectives now and not uh you know and they're they're getting their money together to go directly to athlete uh with with the payment versus you paying you know the athletic department or whatever to get your money in there and i do think at some point and i think we're already headed that way but it's better now that these are kind of in-house with the schools, right? Like and there's yeah, got to be yeah. lo- rules and laws allowing them to be more uh, handled by the schools themselves because otherwise, again, you have all these different entities asking you for money. It's a little confusing, right? And uh, not always on the up and up entities either, by the way. There's that too. All right, let's do this. Um, we'll get back to our, our poll numbers on uh, on Justin Fields and the uh, unfollow on Instagram. Uh, also big retirement of the NFL today to get to as well. And uh, yes, it is ding, ding, ding. The the floodgates are open. You can start franchising your uh, favorite player in your free agent front right now. 
Uh, I don't know if we'll hear about any of that for a few weeks, but uh, you can. The, the floodgates are open, so we'll talk about some of the potential free agents who might have a market. Uh, Scott Jackson, your priority on Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King. Law injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James Witham's got your sports center. All right, welcome back. Uh, we'll get back to the poll question here in a second. Um, just saw a... Um, we love these things, these betting odds where somebody will end up, you know, all that stuff, all that jazz. Uh, the uh, the latest has uh, the betting favorite for one Russell Wilson uh, this offseason. You ready for it? You want to know who the betting favorite is? Uh, could I take a guess and say that it's the Pittsburgh Steelers? You would be correct. Ding, ding, all ding, right, ding. There we go. <sighs> yes, according to uh, betting odds on DraftKings, the Steelers are minus 250 to be Russell Wilson's team. At the start of 2024. That's a strong number. It is. Uh, there's reportedly internal division in Pittsburgh, though, about whether or not Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph would be a starting quarterback in 2024. But none of the above apparently might be the better choice right now. Well, it's because they, they gave him the option of other, but nobody's replying. <laughs> it's like our polls. Um, again, Wilson's going to be making the league minimum because the Broncos are going to pay him out to $39 million. That makes him attractive. I, I think it makes him um, – he gets better looking by m- making less money. <laughs> that this is, is very a better true. lighting on you, Russell. Have I told you how wonderful your eyes look now that you're not making any money? Yeah, I mean, I think he looks better. It's like that Seinfeld when the girl, you know, it depended on what lighting he was in with yeah, her. Yeah, in the back booth. Yeah, yeah and, and this is how it is with Wilson now. With the, When he's making $39 million, Oh, gross. He's scary. He looks like Carson Wentz. But man, wow, you look like young Russell Wilson in Seattle when you're in this lighting making league minimum. We like you again. You're the guy who can help us build out our roster. Yeah, you're go Hawks Russell Wilson now. That's right, right. You're not Russ Cook. Russ going to cook. I mean, that's, that's, he is a much better looking guy making less money. Much better light for him. Uh, the other team that is on the list for him, uh, the Raiders at plus 550. All right. Falcons at plus 650. And the Broncos keeping him plus 750. I can't see that. That's not happening. I cannot foresee that happening. Do not waste your money. I would think, though, I mean, look, it's a long-standing tradition. The Raiders grab the guy that appears to be washed up. I mean, that, that's kind of their move, right? Like, and, and, and if you're Russell Wilson, you're in Vegas, baby. Not moving that far. Staying out that direction. A big, you know, glitzy market uh, with your, you know, with your Hollywood wife, so you got that going for you, and oh yeah, a chance to play the Broncos twice a year. What's going to be his catchphrase though if he goes to Vegas? Uh, let's roll. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to be it. Jackpot. Jackpot. Yeah, jackpot. No, Nance has already Nance, trademarked yeah, that. He stole that from Musburger too. Jackpot. Anyway, it'll be. Uh, yeah, I think again. I think Russell will will find himself a market. Much better looking guy making no money. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. Let's jump back to the uh, very important question about Justin Fields, um, and, and what is his uh, what is his unfollowing of the Bears mean on the Instagram uh, right now? And that's brought to you by Dominion Floor Covering. Right now, fifty two point seven think he's ready to be traded. One other thirty one point one just thinks he's sending a message to the Bears. Uh, we got nine point five that say other, and only one person actually gave me another. Um, who said that he wouldn't take it too seriously. He's not very accurate. <laughs> and 6.8 of you, I, this is how I would have voted if I was allowed to vote in my own poll, is uh, fat thumbs. I just think it was a mistake. Sometimes you do that when scrolling, you know, and then it messes up. 
804 says, uh, let it ride. Oh, that would be Russell Wilson's uh, catchphrase with the with the Raiders. Excellent. That is excellent. I love Ooh. that. Excellent. Let it ride. Yeah, that's a gambling phrase. Very good. Okay. All in. Yeah, that's good. Greg and Gloucester said, would the, Ra- would the Raiders be rolling the dice on him? <laughs> that's a good one. That's very funny. I think they'd be doubling down, actually. Yeah, doubling down. <laughs> Do we have any more bad gambling phrases? Uh, for oh, there's five, a million of them. For 500, Alex. Um, well, like Pittsburgh Ross on another topic says, wouldn't it be ironic if TJ Watt eventually went to Houston and won a Super Bowl? Wow. Wouldn't that be painful if you're a Steeler fan? That would be something. You want to talk yeah. about family drama? Happy yeah. Thanksgiving at the Watt household. <laughs> Yeah, Pittsburgh Russell says, "Yeah, a four and thirteen Russell Wilson season sounds pretty good at that price." <laughs> <laughs> well, then you'd be set up for the next draft, right? You would. By the way, um, apparently Ross does not have any Russell Wilson memorabilia in his man cave. Uh, Greg, I mean Greg Wasser has no Russell Williams, Russell Wilson memorabilia in his his very Bronco esque man cave. I mean, I asked him if Russ would be allowed in. See, the bouncers wouldn't even let him in. <laughs> he's, you know, you think he's joking. He actually does have bouncers. I, I, I actually there's didn't some tight think he was security joking. out there. There's didn't think t- he was joking at all. There's some tight security at that place. Uh, very interesting, though. Yeah. So Wilson again, Raiders, Steelers. Okay, makes sense. Uh, you haven't heard Falcons, but again, another team that's very much in the quarterback sweepstakes mode. Uh, in a need of it, and they're not able to draft the quarterback where they're sitting right now. That would seem to make a lot of sense to me as well. I'm just stunned that the commanders aren't in there just I'm because so the thankful. commanders are in every freaking quarterback right. ranking or whatever. Even no. though, what well, yeah, the, the Kirk Cousins thing was up there, and r- no regardless sense. of the draft, you know, position. So that's why I didn't think it made any sense either. But you know as well as I do, the commanders are always in the in the top three or four of the running of these things. Yeah, I, I did. And number two overall, it just doesn't make any sense to I, do that. I totally agree. Or cousins, for that matter, either. I mean, again, right. keep, keep Jacoby Brissett around, sure. Um, you know, keep Howell around too. But yeah, why would you bring cousins in and blow your cap? It makes zero sense. I think they're keeping Howell regardless. He doesn't cost anything, you know. Right, exactly. He doesn't cost you anything, and you could let him go up there, there and be the tackling dummy for a while if you really don't think your uh, rookie's ready. You could always do that. Yeah, I mean, the other couple teams that aren't mentioned much in some of these. Um, you know, veteran quarterback sweepstake things that probably should be. Um, I would include in there the Giants potentially because again, you don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Jones' yep. his health. Yep. Um, the Broncos are obviously letting a veteran quarterback. I still don't know where their replacement quarterback comes from. I guess they're going to roll with uh, Jared Stidham. Sure. I'm telling you, this is a this has JJ McCarthy written all over it. Um, maybe, maybe so. That's just he feels like a Sean yeah. Payton type guy. Could be, uh, and obviously, you know, I guess it depends if the Raiders swing and miss on um, fields or not, how serious they would get about Wilson. I just think the Wilson thing, Steelers, or the Raiders makes a lot of sense to me, just because of the history of that organization and the fact that I'm sure he motivated, you know, in terms of motivation, would love to play that team twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. And you often see that in free agency, right? Guys stay in their division, in their comfort zone. Now, granted, it, he was only in that division for one year, but the old division he was in, they all got quarterbacks. He's not getting a gig there. 
Well, now, if, and, and they'd have to let him go in that situation. Because even if the Broncos don't want him, I can't imagine that they're trading him to the Oh, no, 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 no. They're, they're not going to get to so trade he, him. He'd have yeah. to he'd have to be cut loose. Nobody's trading him. I mean, nobody's trading for him. Like, again, he's only attractive as a free agent right. with, with the Broncos paying $39 million. No, no, no. No one is trading for Russell Wilson. Don't. No. No chance at all. Uh, 757, how about Snake Eyes Wilson motto? <laughs> See, but it has to roll off the tongue, though. <laughs> I think the let it ride was a good one, right? I like Yeah, that one's not bad. Damon of Newport News uh, thinks that it's going to be Russell Wilson's Vegas catchphrase will be all in. <laughs> that's not terrible. I mean, he, he would have to. That, that's, that's a good one for Vegas. Um, Wouldn't be surprised if he turns Vegas baby into Raiders baby. Yeah, you Raiders know, play baby. Off, play off of Al Davis. Oh, absolutely. Vegas Just win and, baby and yeah. Raiders baby. Absolutely. Um, Greg and Gloucester, a hater of Russell Wilson now. Uh, it says he needs to go somewhere where he'll have a short offensive line. <laughs> See, now there's short jokes on Wilson. Does Does Willie Wonka have a team? Listen, he's going to look taller. He's going to look better looking when you see that, that new salary, man. When you see that brand new league minimum salary, he's going to look so, so much better to His everybody. wife could get one of those Vegas residencies, you know, start oh, playing yeah, shows right. at the casinos. Oh, it's and... perfect, man. It's There's so much stuff that could go yeah, on there works out. for both sides of the family. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. All right, a big uh, retirement today uh, in the NFL. We'll get to that on the other side, plus your calls, your texts. Scott Jackson, Show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, text machines blowing up. Uh, 757-687-9494. Uh, Ballyhoo's phone line, 757-687-9494 as well. Uh, before we get to uh, the Matthew Slater news, um, uh, our guy Raider James says, I'm thinking I'd rather have Wilson from the Jets than the Broncos reject. <laughs> Whoa. So he's talking about... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow, that's low, right? That That's... Zach Wilson over Russell Wilson. Wow. Th- that, that's fighting words right that there. That is rough. That Vegas, is baby. Bada bing, bada boom for the Bolts fan. Vegas Russ. Oh, okay, Vegas Russ. I like See, that. See, I think he should have gone with Vig Russ. Uh, okay, uh, like it. That's not terrible. Not terrible. Uh, the other one I, I just saw was really good um, from... Somebody in the 757 says, Viva Russ Haters, <laughs> instead of Viva <laughs> Las Vegas. I like it. Uh, Greg and Gloucester, uh, let's get ready to rumble a uh, picture of Michael Buffer. Let's get ready to rustle. Uh, oh, okay, and his ring announcer. Buzz. I can hear it. I think we'd get sued for that, though. I think for- If you pay him, you won't. Okay, well, I might get sued for saying Michael Buffer's you name You didn't the say it the right way, Okay, though. good. Uh, somebody asked me this from the 252, with Miami and Cap Hell, would it make sense for them to draft Penix and let Tua play out his contract and walk? Ooh, dicey. That's not bad. I would not pay Tua, says this texture because he hasn't shown he can move through the reads, uh, take his uh, top target away. Uh, he's an average car, uh, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he, you're, here's the problem. You're like a lot of teams. You're in the spot where you don't have a Patrick Mahomes-level uh, quarterback, Right or even a heck, even a Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Um, who else could we throw? No, Joe Burrow clearly. Uh, you know Justin Herbert, but you also can't get that person because you're not terrible. So that's where you're kind of stuck. Well, and here's the other problem: you're in Stucksville, and we won't know this until well into next season. You might, an emphasis on might here, have the third best quarterback in your division. Ooh, might. that's a hot take. Hot take from James Witham. So you're saying Aaron Rodgers, obviously Josh Allen are in front of him, right? Those are the two definitely Correct. In front of him. We don't know who the Patriots quarterback is yet. 
Uh, so yeah, yeah, and depending yeah. on who they get. Right. If they get somebody we foresee as some future star. If, yeah. if Rodgers comes back Rogers. at 80%, yeah, he's still he's better than Tua. Yeah, like, I'm not a, again, I, I, Tua showed me more this year, but he also showed me what I thought he was. It was uh, some limitations. And yeah, you're right. You have to have a lot of things around him uh, built up, which you do, which you do. But yeah, is it enough to ever win you a Super Bowl? I'm not sure. And ha- well, and here's the other problem. How often are those pieces always all together at the same time? Right. Well, according to not often, and according to Tyree Kill, his window is limited, right? Because isn't he the one who's not going to? Re- he says he's going to retire right earlier rather right. than later. Mm-hmm. All right. Today, uh, Matthew Slater of the Patriots retired. He made ten Pro Bowls in his career. That's crazy. As a special teams star, uh, he holds a record for the most special teams Pro Bowl appearances. Announced his retirement after sixteen seasons today. Um, says I've given all that I possibly can to respect and honor the game. He wrote on social media, shared by the Patriots. Uh, though it is um, it is time for my relationship with the game to evolve, uh, the love I have for it will last a lifetime. Of course, the son of the great Jackie Slater. So, I mean, there's a chance that father and son could end up in the Hall of Fame together here, right? Like, if there is a case to be made for a non-returner special teams player, although I, I know there is some fans uh, that will be unhappy because um, – there was somebody for the Buffalo Bills by the name of Steve Tasker that was pretty darn good that uh-huh. has not gotten a sniff of the Hall of Fame either. Uh-huh. And no disrespect to Jackie Slater, but he can't go in before Brian Mitchell. <laughs> we all understand that, right? No. I mean, he can't do that. But he's very good and, and probably because of the Patriot the Patriot experience, because you're talking about three Super Bowl championships, probably going to get a real good look for it. Um, probably a real good shot. And again, the you know the 10 Pro Bowls. Well, let's be honest. I mean, it's different being a pro bowler as a special teams member than it is in a position group because there's less guys that you're fighting through uh, that are well-known. And in New England, by the way, he was on a team that gave a damn about special teams, and he was great at it, and they rewarded him for it. They really did. Bill Belichick said this about him. Deserves very uh, every accolade someone could receive. He is a once-in-a-lifetime person, uh, the best core special teams player in NFL history. His daily, weekly, and yearly work ethic paved the way for an unsurpassed performance, Matthew is a first or finest example of what an intense competitor and human being should be. Matthew is exceedingly kind and supremely loved and respected by all of his peers. I am one of many who feel incredibly blessed to be his teammate, coach, and friend. That was Bill Belichick, very human-like, on one Matthew Slater's retirement today. And a lot of those words will also go a long way. Yeah, towards him possibly getting in the hall. If he if he really is all those things, and if Bill Belichick's saying it, I I, I kind of take it to the bank. If he's all of those things, you know, people that are well liked and well respected tend to get more of a look than people that aren't. Yes, um, and now I really desperately want to go back and look at Bill Belichick's statement about Tom Brady when he retired. <laughs> Because I don't feel like it was as nice as that was. It was not. No, I guarantee I, I, it. I don't, I don't feel know what like it, it was nice as nearly as nice as that. No. Uh, yeah. Maybe Bill's getting soft. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Going back to our guy on Tua, I mean, Penix would be an interesting backup because of the left-handed thing, right? Like, so you don't have to flip your offense around, true, right? True, true. You know? uh, Thomas says, how about for Wilson uh, in uh, Vegas, WrestleMania? <laughs> I think that's copyrighted. I, th- I think it is as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, where else are we going here? Bobby and Williamsburg. Michael Penix would be a dream come true. Um Talking about, I, I think, the uh, the world of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, Bobby Waynesburg says, like I, I used to say, second-string quarterback. 
Uh, and he might be not even be the fourth best quarterback in the AFC East right now. I'm talking about uh, Tua. Wow, there's a lot of Tua haters out there. I didn't realize it during the season. I, I think that they're just now coming to realize it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I was down on Tua at the beginning of the year, and I felt like people were mad at me for being down I on I was Tua. down on Tua as well. And when I, they were rolling, I was like, he's not even the MVP on his own team. Yeah. Stop it. It's like, he's not an MVP. It's, it's Tyreek Hill that makes that thing go. And then... Mostert, I'd put him ahead of Tua. I mean, we we keep going. Anyway, and again, the problem is finding a true, true, true replacement, right? That's always the catch, always the catch with all these things. All right, 757-687-9494-94-757-687-9494. All right, you can hit us up, text line, uh, Ballyhoo's phone line. I don't know how we suddenly started dumping on Tua. It just happened. Uh, Gene Wong is coming up next. Washington Post uh, reporter, he was at Virginia Tech and uh, Virginia last night down at Blacksburg. He'll give us his take on the Hokies. And they did get a resume-boosting kind of win, but is is it too little too late at this point for uh, the Hokies to play themselves into that at-large conversation on the serious level. Just for uh, those of you that care about this stuff, today, for example, um, Joe Lenardi, and he's, look, he's not the only guy that does bracketology, but I do feel like he trademarked bracketology. And I think, you know, we might, at some point, he might try to take money from us for saying bracketology on the radio. But anyway, he doesn't even have Virginia Tech on his radar. Like, they're not at the first four out, the last four in, or any of that stuff. So... He's got Wake Forest ahead of him at this point, and they do get to play Wake coming up, so that's going to be a big game for them. He's also got Pittsburgh as the next four out. So, yes, Virginia Tech helped their cause by 11 points in the net rating, but not to the point where they are uh, in these bubble projections as of right now. So, yeah, they're not even in the next four out or the first four out, So the meaning they're not even in the eight out. So they're not even in a field of 76 right now is what I'm trying to tell you. Doesn't sound good. Yeah. So they need more work to do. Good news is there's more time left in the hourglass for them. It's not over, over, but uh, it's getting late into overtime. And we'll also get in the 5 o'clock hour. It is Hot Take Tuesday. That's right. Get the sizzling hot takes ready, although it feels like a lot of you guys are already doing that with these two teardowns and um, your very good Russell Wilson um, you know, nickname ideas for the team, for the player if he ends up in Las Vegas. All right. Scott Jackson show with you here till like 640 tonight because we have college basketball, Arkansas and Texas A&M uh, coming around 645 uh, through ESPN radio. Uh, we got uh, James's update coming up. And again, Gene Wong on the other side. We're brought to you by Larry King. Well, injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. James with him. Scott, your sports center.